the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to the Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we are serving in Wesley Chapel in Tampa and Brandon in our newest location in St. Pete along with Conexion, our Spanish-speaking congregation. We're honored to serve the listening audience of Tampa Bay's Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 WTBN. Let's begin with the word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King. We thank you and praise you. We thank you, Lord, that there are people in our lives who love us enough to correct us. And Lord, there, there are some who even listen to our correction. <laughs> what, a, what a blessing that is. And we really feel that we can connect with those people so very well. Lord, bring us lots of people to connect with. And Lord, let us be open to correction. Let us see from your eyes what you want us to see and bring people into our lives who love us so much that they're willing to say things to us, to to make us better. So, Lord, give us a great day today as we go throughout the day, see people, and, and let us really re- represent you well. Let us, let us certainly be disciples of the living God. Let, let people recognize you in us. So we love you and praise you and honor you in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. You know, last week we started a series on civility and we talked about love, specifically 10 ways that are practical that can show love. And this week we're going to look at something that also helps civility, and that is the word correction. Now, you know, I am so, you know, I love to watch certain politicians, very few politicians, but some of them are great in receiving correction and giving correction. They are extremely civil, even though they're strong and forceful, but they're still civil. And and that's what I believe. Uh, you know, it's one thing to know uh, the right political stance, but it's another thing to have biblical values. And one biblical value that I believe we need, and certainly if we are going to become president of the United States, we need to be a model 
And a model is someone who can show love and understands correction correctly. So let's look at the word correction today and and see something, pray that God will open up our eyes in this area, because sometimes we're very closed in this area. So this week we'll look at should we be correcting someone? What is the goal of correction? When should we correct and how should we correct? So let's start with should we correct someone? Correction, by definition, in my opinion, should be something that brings growth to a person or a people who are being corrected. So if we do correction correctly, (laughs) then people will grow. So of course we should correct people. Absolutely. Correction is an important part of being a believer. Giving correction and receiving correction. Now, receiving correction requires, well, both actually require great humility When you blame someone else or a situation, you have not received correction. Oftentimes, people won't want to correct you if you don't receive correction well. That is really your loss. Do you you, you know people who say, well, why didn't you correct me? Why didn't you correct me? And because I didn't want the wrath to come upon me. (laughs) You didn't make it safe for correction. We actually have to make it safe for our loved ones and people around us to correct us. Now, I must make it very safe because people in my congregation do it with me all the time. (laughs) Oh, I just wanted to correct what you said here. Yeah. (laughs) Proverbs 9, 8 says this, do not reprove a scoffer. He'll hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. (laughs) Proverbs 15.10, harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he who hates correction will die. I think that is strong enough. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say you hate to be corrected? (laughs) What I want to focus on today is giving correction. Want to help someone remove errors or mistakes from their life in order to be effective people must be able to receive that correction. And we must be able to learn how to give it. In Hebrews 3.12, it says, Take care, brethren, that none of you has an evil heart of belief that falls away from the living God, but encourage one another day by day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I believe that one of the purposes of correction is so that you will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. What happens when you get hardened? You don't listen anymore. You you just shut everybody out. You are not listening. You are, the sin has encompassed you. You harden yourself and you will not listen to correction. 
If you want to be a successful corrector, you need to be creative. <laughs> just sharing your feelings is not enough. I just love those people who say, well, I told them and I told them in love and they didn't accept it. Well, I don't know if it was love, but maybe you need to try a little more creativity. We should try and make our correction encouraging. Do you think that's possible? How can you correct somebody and encourage them at the same time? Well, look, let's see. Maybe we could define correction as urging people towards holiness and excellence. Oh, do you like that? Do you like that definition? Would you accept it? Define correction as urging people towards holiness and excellence. So hopefully your urging is encouraging. <laughs> Let's look at scripture, Ephesians 4.29. Let no harmful word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for building others up according to the need so that it gives grace to those who hear it. Do not grieve the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So, obviously, if we grieve, we would grieve the Holy Spirit if we're not building people up. That's how important this is. And even when we correct, we have to build people up. Get rid of all, in verse 31, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and quarreling and slander along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. So, characteristics from this scripture in terms of correction. Number one, don't use harmful words. <laughs> Number two, Use words to build each other up according to the needs of the person. Number three, get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, quarreling, slander, malice. Slander means words that are used which will hurt a person's reputation. And number four, be kind, compassionate, and forgiving. A scripture that I use a lot is Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Because when we, this is the perfect scripture for correction to really get into deep in your spirit. It says, brethren, if someone is caught doing something wrong, you who are directed by the spirit, the Ruach, restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, looking closely at yourself so you are not tempted to. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the Torah, the law of Messiah. So, look, none of us like to be corrected, but if you bear the burden of how you would want to be corrected, you will correct way better. And if you are not kind, as it says in six, Galatians 6, one, it is oftentimes the case that the very thing that you're trying to correct, you end up doing the same thing. And you need correction as well. 
In 2 Corinthians, and, and this is, uh, again, some of these scriptures are repeated just because they are so key to loving and correcting. And, and so this, this is another one of my favorites, 2 Corinthians five eighteen through 21. Now all of these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Look, when he reconciled himself to us, isn't that the good news? So it'll be good news if we do that with people as well. That is, the Messiah, God, was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. God has entrusted this this ministry to you and I, everyone. We are therefore ambassadors for Messiah as though God were making his appeal through us. Making an appeal for what? For reconciliation. And look, if we are correcting somebody poorly, we are not going to be reconciled to them. We beg you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. He made the one who knew no sin to become a sin offering on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, the way we correct, the way we we either are reconciled or not reconciled is how we can become the righteousness of God. Romans 12, 16, 16 through 18, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Repay no one evil for evil. Give thought to what is good in the eyes of all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live in peace with all people. You see, sometimes when we correct, we correct in such a way we want to get back at people. We want to, we want to, um, uh, you know, uh, we want to show them we're better, that we we get it and they don't, and, and so on and so forth. This is a, ter- a terrible motivation for correction. We need to correct in order to encourage and to s- strengthen the other person, to make them better, to make them better. You know, last night I, I had an opportunity to correct somebody. Uh, one of our youth, and it was hard because, uh, you know, I had to say things that that were going to be difficult for them. But, you know, it seemed to be at the end of the conversation that we were not only reconciled, we had agreement, and, and things were fine. But it it was important for me to correct, but it was also important for me to be creative and loving and caring. And and uh, so th- this is, look, Galatians 6 verse 7 says it this way, do not be deceived, <laughs> okay? God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also shall reap. Now, you might think of that in money terms, but I think of that emotionally. I think of that in our words, in our actions. Yeah, listen, God's not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also shall reap. For the one who sows in the flesh will reap corruption from the flesh, but the one who sows in the Ruach, in the Spirit, will reap from the Spirit eternal life. 
ask yourself if your correction is from the spirit or is it from the flesh? And then it says, staying with Galatians 6, So let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have an opportunity, let us do good toward all, especially those who belong to the household of faith. So I'm trying to challenge all of us to rethink how we speak and how we react to people who we strongly, strongly disagree with. Oftentimes we respond back the way we feel the person spoke to us. You know, how many times have you heard little kids say this? Well, you know, they yelled at me, so I yelled back at them. You know, and oftentimes adults, we're not that different from the little kids. We we have a lot more... Uh, I don't know. We do it more correctly. (laughs) Not really. In practical terms, does this work for you? Think of it for a moment. When somebody is angry at you, when they correct you with anger, did that make their point more understandable? Or did that cause you to agree with them more? Now think of an argument where both of you are angry or have been angry. Were you able to convince one another while angry? Did you say words that caused the other person to get distracted from your real point? Didn't you, uh, didn't you have to wait until you both calmed down to get any progress? I'm a pragmatist. That means I try not to do things that don't work. Anger does not work. Correcting in anger does not work. Let's consider Yeshua's teachings in Matthew 5. Actually, let me give you an example, though, of, uh, you know, this thing about distracting from the real point um, when you're correcting somebody. So let's say you're correcting a child, and it has to do with um, the fact that they have a messy room. And so, instead of saying, your room is a mess, please go and fix it up, um, you might say, you know, I'm really so tired of your room being a mess. Every day I walk into your room and it looks the same all the time. Now, if you cannot fix your room and make it right... I'm going to punish you. So the child has a couple choices here. The child can say, oh, well, what kind of punishment? (laughs) Or they could say, do you really see my room every day being messy? I think every day is unfair. Sometimes I clean it up. So now you're arguing about whether it's every day or not. That's the wrong thing to be discussing. The question shouldn't be about the fact that you misspoke and used words that were inflammatory that he could jump on and not deal with the real problem. The real problem is, hey, your room's a mess. Clean it up now. That's all you have to say. And, and, and if they don't know where the mess is, you say, Here's the mess. 
You see your socks there, your bed's not made, blah, 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 blah. And, and now do that. And when you come out, we'll be able to do whatever. So these are very important things that, that in correction. Look, in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, we're to be salt and light. And we also know when, when somebody has something against us before we come to God, we have to get, make it correct and, and overcome evil with good. That's kind of a summary of Matthew 5. It's, it's, it's such a great, um, chapter, uh, for us becoming disciples of the living God. You know, let me read a little of the Beatitudes with you and each verse I read with you. Think how the meaning could be used in your mind when correcting somebody or maybe something that you have in mind that that is not not good. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, oftentimes we don't think of a poor in spirit being blessed. But, uh, you know... Uh, God looks at, 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 at all of us with compassion. And if our hearts are good, he corrects us in love. Verse 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. How often is somebody mourning and somebody comes and corrects them? <laughs> Not a very good scene. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we need to be merciful. We need to have pure heart. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Are you a peacemaker in your correction? Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think people misunderstand this word. This verse, because oftentimes you say, well, I'm not being persecuted uh, for. But if somebody corrects you, in a sense, that is that you might consider that a persecution. And, And for the sake of righteousness, they are trying to grow you. And, and we need to get that into our mind. Blessed are you when people revile you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. So if we, we are to correct, we are to correct knowing that God has blessed each and every person. Rejoice and be glad in verse 12, for your reward in heaven is great. Okay? 13, you're the salt of the earth. 14, you're the light of the world. So we see these scriptures and we, we offer them to God. When correcting, think of the consequences of doing it poorly before you begin. One of the problems with the way we correct is that we are so focused on correction that we don't think about the timing, we don't think about how we're doing it. And and so what I'm saying to you is when correcting, think of the consequences. Think of the, what's going to happen if you do it poorly. 
When we get into battles because we are correcting someone, we get distracted from our calling to share the good news to the Jew first and also to the rest of the world. We have the good news. We should be sharing it with people. We should not get distracted. And when we correct, we should not be inflamed in our hearts, but we should correct to encourage people to do better in their walk. Listen, we'd love for you to help us with a one-time gift or a monthly pledge. Call us at 813-831-5673. Speak to Karen. Also, um, go to our website, heartofmessiah.org. And let me just say that I love to see you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close with prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.